folks. Welcome back. Welcome back once again to the Rad Podcast. Uh, another exciting entry from the uh, audio feed from the Rad Toy Collector Show. Uh, today is a very special episode because we have my good friends uh, from BAM Entertainment, the guys that are responsible for the beautiful production of the uh, Rad Toy Collector Show on YouTube. Uh, we have Mr. Ivan and Mr. Joey in the studio with us today. Say hello, fellas. Go for that. Hello. This is Ivan. Yo, this is Joey. How's it going, y'all? Hey, all right. Now, these two fellas over here because, uh, one, uh, we're kicking off some uh, special episodes uh, going into Comic Palooza this year, and, uh, you know, we're uh, hitting all of the nodes, dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, so to speak. Uh, these two guys are very trusted uh, colleagues of mine, and I, I'd like to get their opinion out there on these specific subjects uh, that we're going to be covering today as they deal specifically in uh, the realm of film and uh, these comic book movies that we also love. Uh, that being said, once again, just you know, touching on a little bit, we're going to touch on this a little bit later on in the episode. Uh, we Grad Toy Collector Show is going to be a comic palooza. We'll be doing yeah. a panel Friday, yes. uh, noon, and we'll be broadcasting live from the podcast booths at 12 o'clock. Uh, but again, more on that later. Uh, let's start right out with uh, some current events. Uh, that being uh, today is May the 14th, 2018, right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, We've lost another celebrity. This one's near and dear to the hearts of uh, the people here at the Rat Show. Uh, Miss uh, Kidder, Miss Margot Kidder, uh, who played Lois Lane in the original Richard Donner Superman movies, uh, passed away. And, uh, you know, we're all very sad about that. If you, like me, were of the age that when that movie came out, you were tying a bathroom towel around your neck and holding your arms out and running around making airplane noises, you know. That was the woman you were saving in your mind's eye. That's like when you know when Carrie Fisher passed. The same thing when you were doing the lightsaber hunt with the broomstick. That's who you were saving at the time, you know. And it's sad to see them pass like that. Uh, I know you. I, you knew the actress right away. Uh, most people you had to kind uh, some, you know, some of the people I've talked to about it. They knew it was Lois Lane, but they didn't know the actress. So you know, well, well tell us a little bit about what you know about Miss um, Kidder. About Margot Kidder, uh, yeah, I I knew it right away, who you were talking about, but I didn't know that she had died, so I was kind of shocked by that. Uh, she was in the original Supermans, and yeah, I'm actually kind of blanking on other things that she might have been in. I I do know she kind of, uh, you know, she kind of she, she kind of fell off for lack of a better phrase. I I think she had some some mental illness that was uh that was chemically induced yeah something I, i'm not sure chemically I know induced she, it was or... a time that she had um i'm actually uh pulling up her imdb as we're looking right now uh i actually just imdb imdb that's funny <laughs> no that's yeah that's funny uh well i mean she had to have been in you know quite a few things to have been considered for the Superman movie, because that movie must have been a risk for the studios in the 70s. I mean, the 70s was a very fruitful time for American cinema. Um, More 
complex themes were coming in to movies. So it was kind of surprised to people that of all movies to be made uh, out of this, you know, this new version of the the studio system was going to be Superman, kind of a subject that was um, seemed kind of dense. Yeah, there wasn't really ground emotional ground. So then and then Christopher Reeve as Superman was really coming from a lot of like rom com type movies. He was yeah. a he was a romantic lead. Yeah. So when he was cast as Superman, that really changed people's opinion about. Yeah what it what it could have been she was also yeah. on smallville it looks like here the tv show yeah okay she was on uh she was on halloween 2 that came out in 2009 she was on earth the final conflict i do remember that but go back go back to like before superman before superman let's see someone's watching common ground relations the industry it's not the femme nikita and that was the tv series in 1999 we're still going back so it, it looks it, like it, she she did a lot of TV work. She did a lot like. of TV. That's and I do remember her being on TV a whole lot. You know, um, and a lot of you know a lot of actors. Murder she wrote, Tales from the Crypt. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of actors on Tales from. Do you ever see Danny DeVito was on Tales from the Crypt? Tales yeah. from the Crypt. I mean, it it was. It was legit because it was originally on HBO, and so it, she you did know, the voice for Gobot. She did the voice for Gobot. You remember Gobots? Gobots was the answer to Transformers that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> she did, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. She did, uh, let's see. Um, Superman 3. Was right. Well, she was in a lot. She has quite an extensive uh, uh, Amityville Horror in 1979. Superman. Okay, so. Greta. The TV show. Black Christmas. Whatever that is. I don't think I've seen that. Her names are very Lucy, Marb, Margie, Barb, Suicide Club, Barnaby Jones. So she was just a small, small kind of player, I guess. You know, really yeah. kind of trying. No, to... I don't know about. She was. Uh, she's like she's in Mod Squad. She's. She was in. Uh, she was just on. She was. Just a she TV. was everywhere. She it was a, like just a TV yeah, actress. Like, <laughs> that's like uh, like what's her name uh, that plays Willow? When she was in American Pie. She played Willow in uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, she was the chick in American Pie that stuck the flute in her pussy. What was her name? Oh, Allison something. Yeah, her. Yeah. She's yeah. everywhere. You know, she kind of. She was. A, she was in How I Met Your Mother. She's been oh, in a bunch of true. movies. She was, you know, like that. Or what's her name? Another one that came out of the, the House of Whedon. Um, uh, Eliza Dushku. She was in a whole bunch of things. Jane's How the Bob Strikes she, Back. She was in um, True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. She was his daughter. Uh, well, any, anyways, Ivan, I want to ask you a question. Um, okay, go. Do you do you like the 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 old? I say old Superman's, the original Superman movies, or do you like the newer Superman movies? Kind of put me in a corner here, because <laughs> I've only seen the newer ones. Like, uh, uh, kind of, I've been kind of quiet. Yeah. Sound like I don't know anything about. No, I just okay. know from what you said earlier and from what I've seen. Yeah. Like I know there's a scene where like Superman grabs his emblem and throws it at one of the. Uh, yeah, dogs. that was when he he was uh, when he's fighting the Kryptonians. And yeah. When I was a kid, that was amazing. But you see it as an adult, it's quite <laughs> silly. It's like because it looks like they made it out of, like Saran wrap or something. And it's <laughs> like 
you know, but I, but yeah, I was one of the people that saw the Richard Donner uh, Superman movies as a child, the entire mm-hmm. target audience. And then when uh, Man of Steel and then uh, <laughs> Justice League and Dawn of Justice came out, I saw those with my son, right? Sorry, so I, got, I, like, I, I like that phrase, the intended target audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, honestly, let me tell you something. And here, here's my thing. I was watching on TV the other day, and a toy commercial comes on for wrestling, right? Yeah. And they show on one, in camera, the camera side B oh, the kid about. holding the toys, right? And he goes, yeah, let's do that. Then you see they show pan over to the father, who's got his own two action figures and a mask on. He's yeah. like, yeah, son, let's do this. And like, and I was like, I was almost like, is that like like social commentary there almost? You know, because like they 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 have finally acknowledged that they are grown men that play with action figures that yeah. have families. You know, like it used to be uh, when we were younger. If you were a man child, you were like a social pariah because you definitely lived in a basement. You definitely masturbated constantly, and you definitely were like socially inept. Right, right? it's like you lived in your sister's basement is the is the phrase. Yeah, right? yeah, you were you were free. <laughs> now, it's it's there, that is a new like target audience. There's you know, uh, toy lines, and that's something that's going to be on a discussion in the panel we're doing Comic Palooza. There are toy lines that reproduce toys that were made in the '80s for adult collectors to buy. And they're very nice, like uh, that. Look over there, that Rodimus Prime. That Prime with Rodimus Prime is one of those hyper articulated G1 remakes. It's over here on the behind the the robot Triceratops. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to just say that Tony has pointed out a toy that I know nothing about. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I remember you mentioned something that like they were making, like remaking, like like Mario from Power Rangers, like. Like the sword and stuff like that. Oh yeah, to well, actually like combine. The, and the thing about that, uh, they they those toys were made forever by one company, uh, Bandai. They were just purchased by Hasbro, who yeah. owns the Transformers. So uh, I remember Bandai. Yeah, well, Bandai is like, you know, they've sold off the entire property of the Power Rangers, lock, stock, barrels, TV shows, everything. So now they always had a cool logo. They're like red square. Yeah. It was like Bandai. <laughs> Very simple. Bandai was, uh, um, I don't want to make them mad because I want a working relationship with them, but they were a very small toy company from the South Pacific at one point. The first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers line was made entirely by hand. Mm, gotcha. You're, the views you're expressing are not <laughs> well, like, there's, there's a very, they're, they're not there's endorsed a very, by the rad toy show they're, 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 they're your own yeah, views they're, they're, a, they're a very specific word for what they used to be <laughs> it's two it's a two word two word phrase and I just I don't like using it because you know I don't like to think about the toys I played with as children being constructed by other small children oh. you know like that's like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrifying thought you know but it probably happened uh uh, Maybe they thought it was fun. They yeah, don't. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what makes me happy. Like they were in their like Christmas elves, just like hi, diddly dee. Oh, yeah. so, I'm making Optimus Prime. Like, like that would that would, anyway. anyway. So um, so took a small dark turn here. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if nothing else, dark turns are fun. Now that being said, um, discussing. Man of Steel era Superman movies versus Richard Donner Superman movies. I think the number one thing that has changed is exactly the marketing strategy behind the construction of the movie. When you hit a very solid point, 
when they made that first Superman movie, it was like an eclectic group of actors from different like genres almost that got brought into a project and uh, they made a good product for what it was. There wasn't anybody that made that movie that like was working for a comic book company or knew anything at all about Superman other than the one or two that maybe saw the Max Fleischer cartoons when they were kids. And that a lot of that translated over into the movie. That's what we saw. Yes. So then... When you had turn around, you have the Superman movies that came out with the Man of Steel that uh, 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 Zack Snyder made. Zack Snyder, even though he, a lot of people will argue that he doesn't get the characters, Zack Snyder was he knows like his eye is very good for comic book movies. Like Three Hundred was visually impressive to the point that it like other movies tried and failed to mimic what they did. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and. Zach, what Zack Snyder did is that he tried, he almost did the uh, the the every frame of picture thing, you know, where like everything was visually stunning, you know, like there's a point where it's like in uh, Batman versus Superman, Batman is escaping Doomsday's like ray, and he like he strikes a definite like Ginyu style pose like on the wall, just like to shoot his hook, but he holds it, and for the second that he holds it, you realize he's not holding it because you know. That would be prudent to the character's motion. He's doing it because when he finishes the pose, it is an exact copy of a frame out of the Frank Miller comic book that was one of the basis for the movie. So, returns, right? right, right, exactly. So, uh, so that was something that was missing from the old school comic book movies like your Michael Keaton Batman movies and the original Superman movies where the people that made the movies maybe knew a little something about it, but ultimately these were people that were Hollywood people that knew how to make a story that made sense. So they just tried to inject superhuman, superhero stuff into regular people problems versus like the Marvel movies that are definitely staying true to the source material. Unfortunately, uh... Well, I think the Marvel movies are different than the Superman movies, but, and, but you bring up like, something, a good about the target audience that I, you know, I had never occurred to me, which is maybe the, the difference between the old Supermans and the new Supermans is the old Superman movies were made, like you said, as like a blown up version of the Superman TV show that most of those filmmakers had seen when they were kids. Right. But they also lived in an age where when they were looking back on it as nostalgia, the prevailing culture at the time said like you were supposed to just keep that as nostalgia that was your past put that in like a little a little pocket and just just hold on just yeah just just hold it back there whereas like and i think that brought like an interesting perspective to those stories um whereas i think the thing that i feel is missing with the the superman movies now is they're being made by people who are still actively interested in the subject. Yeah. So they you, you can't have nostalgia for something if you're still all about it, even as a 30-year-old, 40-year-old well, person. I get you know? that. Because if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't make the if, subject of a movie objectively... If you're Sheldon, like yeah. think of Sheldon as like a real person, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're him, he can't have nostalgia. Yeah. You know, because he's still keeping up to it day to day. He still mm-hmm. knows what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so is a thought of something off in your past that isn't tangible in reality versus, you know, like it's like the like uh, like clingy girlfriend. Like 
you drop her off at her house, you get down the street, and she's already texting you, I miss you. It drives you nuts because, you know, you, you don't have enough time to actually, you know, like a good wine, you're supposed to let it breathe, you know. That's the truth. Have some space in between. And yeah. I think, and I think to go to a different franchise, I think that's what made the, the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman movies so successful is because they brought back the Supermans were too dry. They wanted to just make a movie that mm. was a movie that standed on its own about Superman. Right. And the movies that are coming out now, I feel, are like, for better or for worse, they're too action-packed, so there's not a lot of character development. Right. You don't know too much about these characters when obviously there's a lot of comics and derivative things out there that have enriched the backstories on these characters. Right. But you're only getting... You're only seeing one plot line in in a in a in a multi-universe type thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the the Tim Burton movies they were more like dreams. Yeah. Like dreamlike movies. Yeah, because it was like this. It was this like infinite quality to the buildings. Like the cities felt like they were expansive to the point of being unending. You know, it was, and that's what it feels like being in a nightmare where you can run blocks upon blocks and you're never getting out of the situation. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what those movies. Felt. That's yeah. an interesting, you know. Uh, um, so, uh, to segue, since we're already talking about this, what's if you? You, Mr. Joey, and Mr. Ivan, mm -hmm. are going to make a superhero movie, all right? All right. What will be your ideal situation for making said movie? Like, what would be the, uh, like, what, like, like, what kind of a, what kind, I guess, let me ask, what kind of a superhero would you, movie would you like to make? Would you like to make, like, a all-American babyface movie, or are you going to make, like, an edgelord, like... <laughs> like like the Venom movie is gonna be where it's gonna be like he's saving chicks like like riding a motorcycle shooting a gun you know is that what it's gonna be like bro you you you, you, you I hope yeah. not <laughs> yeah. alright well, well you go first I yeah. oh okay uh the way I'd make it I don't really know it's kinda like well first I have to sit down to ask myself how do I want this character like the the human behind the mask to be is this person like, is he kind of like, does he want to do this, or does she want to do this, if I would want to make it a female? Either way, as long as I have a hero. Like, what is their story, what is their background, how do I make them relate to the character, and like, what are their powers? And, because like, I wouldn't want to give them something like boring, like, super strength, but super strength is fine, it's just that a lot of heroes have that. So I always have to give them something like specific. So you would you okay? So are you saying you would make a movie with like a guy that's a superhero, but he's got like a lame power? Oh yeah, like hilarious. Or, or are you saying are you saying like like or which 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 kind of movie do you prefer in a superhero? If it, if it's kind of a black and white thing, is it a is it a movie in which? In the simplest way, do people already know that superheroes exist? So his power is like. It's it's not a it's a solution to other people and that's the problem, or the kind of movies in which like he no one knows that superheroes exist so him having the the power is like the problem you know what I mean? Because like larger super movies are kind of a blend of the two, hmm. but uh, I think I like the idea of like no one has powers until you know this guy shows up and everyone kind of like. What the hell is this? Because some people can see that. Because I like the idea of, like, the audience, or actually, like, the citizens in that situation, 
or half of them kind of see it as like a blessing, like we have somebody, like a god here, or depending on the guy's powers. Mm -hmm. And then the other half is like, it's an abomination, kill it, you know, because it's, I guess, unnatural it's for someone to have something that's that stands out like super strength. That's that, that's interesting. That's a dynamic you yeah. find interesting in that. That like that uh, what is good to these people could be seen as a threat. Yeah. yeah. So it the, can also like fuck. That's like, like why, that, that's why people gravitate towards like the X Men series because yeah. it's kind of what it's about. You know, so there's a lot of Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King in the X Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah especially Magneto and Professor Xavier. It's exactly like the, the dynamic those characters are supposed to have. Yeah. Not to oversell it or anything. Yeah, like yeah, they're both saying the same thing, but they're just doing it differently. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, uh, we're going to take this time now because I see the uh, sponsors are beating down our doors to get their word out. So we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. My friends, I'm not given to wild, unsupported statements. And I tell you that we must evacuate this planet immediately. Jor-El, be reasonable. Once there was a civilization, much like ours, but with a greater intelligence, greater powers, and a greater capacity for good. survivor. Now, wouldn't that beat all get out? Because of the wisdom and compassion of Jor-El, because he knew the human race had the capacity for goodness, he sent us his only son. His name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman. This year, Superman brings you the gift of flight. Superman, the movie. We are back, and uh, we have a wonderful discussion for the second half. Uh, I'm loving this podcast already because I know it's going to go over the normal time. Our last podcast was a little short, so we're making up for it. I'm missing bread here, folks, okay? So uh, 
this uh, sub this subject here is actually uh, one of the guys that's here with us today, Mr. Joey. Uh, thought he'd like to talk about this, and I enjoyed it so much that I can't wait to hear what you guys, the listeners, have to say about this because this isn't an argument that I've necessarily heard just yet. But after you know giving it some thought, I de definitely agree. So, uh, and you state that Infinity War is very similar to The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah, it's very similar to Empire Strikes Back. It's, it's, it's gonna, if they're doing a trilogy thing, it's fitting into where, um, I mean, obviously before they knew they were gonna make six more Star Wars, there was only three, and so they had an idea of how that second one was gonna work in there. Um, it's getting the same response from, from fans that Empire Strike Back did when it came out. Um, you know, people just upset with the... Uh, spoiler alert with the you know the the negative ending which is interesting that i was told that you know um the character thanos mm -hmm. you know now that he's got his his gauntlet you know or whatever not you know he's his backstory basically you know he believes that he's doing good mm -hmm. you know he's ridding the universe of like these suffering type things and i think that brings up an interesting thing that i've noticed is something that's really basic and a lot of really good stories um, which is, uh, and, and may be true in life almost too, which is no one ever believes that what they're doing is wrong. That's true. You know, uh, the, uh, the mouse has a different story on the cat's lunch, right? Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's definitely, and that's something that's heavily explored in the, uh, Star Wars realm as well, especially with the point of, uh, the empire trying um, to bring peace yeah. and order. And, yeah, you know, yeah. these are terms that, you know, are traditionally supposed to mean, you know, positive things that they've morphed into something that is, is not what they, they believe in. Um, that's a famous line in Return of the Sith. It's like, I'll bring peace to my empire. And everyone's like, your empire. Right, right, yeah. right. Exactly. Man. Who, who, who is making the rules now is yeah. very important yeah. as to, you know, what the rules are. Um, I think in that state, it's like whoever makes the rules is whoever survives, kind of thing. Like, you know, the whole history is written by the winners and yeah. stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and that's like, uh, you know, if you get to tell the story, tell it long enough, a couple generations online, it's true, you know? That's like one of the. Um, not, not to dive too far off into Star Wars land, because we may never come back from mm -hmm. that, but. Uh, one of the first things that the Sith do uh, is they go to the Jedi temples and they get into the uh, the histories and the, the uh, into the libraries in the Jedi temple and they start digging through all of the information and they start like uh, they start messing with it. You know, that's one of the first. That's uh, very uh, very Orwellian. Yeah, well, that's, and and they they touch on that. Like, they even touch that in like Black Panther. Uh, they talk about like the reason Killmonger uh, burnt the Black Panther plants. Is because he worked for uh, uh, special forces, specifically in uh, deconstructing uh, governments, and uh, and you know one of the first things they would do is they would destroy the religion, and, uh, and they go into like they, they talk about it in detail, you know, that like uh, destabilizing things like that. The first thing you do is you go after people's like heartstrings and their beliefs. So they were they were very very big concepts being presented in this strange, you know, plastic package that, you know, they put these things in. And that's definitely something that, like, uh, 
that Infinity War and Empire Strikes Back have in common is that, like, yeah, it's, you know, people wearing capes and, you know, lasers and what have you, but they're on some heavy stuff. You know? See, and, and I think yeah. that's why I'm a fan, without even having seen Infinity Wars, I'm a fan of just the idea of a popular superhero movie existing in which the quote-unquote good guys lose. I think that is not only very interesting story ground to tread because it brings up the possibility of um, these characters have to dwell on the meaning of their existence now yeah. um, because when they were reveling in success they were just constantly moving forward trying to avoid any sort of conflict um, the other reason why I think it's really interesting and to bring it back to the Empire Strikes Back is, uh, you know, they knew that they were going to make a sequel, you know, Return of the Jedi, when they released Empire Strikes Back. It was part of their their plan. As they got done shooting it, you know, they just picked up with the same cast, same set, and just started shooting the next one. And I think that's something that Hollywood has never really fully embraced. I don't think Hollywood has ever believed that that if you created a story marketed for the cinemas, I mean, it's been working really well as miniseries and things like that, and eventually that's what it became, but if you put a story in the cinema that is open-ended, I don't think studios believe that you would come back to see how it turned out, you know? Or rather, they're afraid to take that risk, you know? Yeah, but mm -hmm. I, think, I think that's something that they're, they're unwilling to do because, I mean, you, you spend so much time in one movie just building the characters and who they are. You know, like, uh, think about, like, the Lord of the Rings series, the original trilogy. The first one really has little action other than the last section when they're all getting split up. It's mostly just exposition as to who they are mm -hmm. and who they are related, how they're related to each other. I mean, it took them a whole movie to do that, yeah. you know? But the way it was told to us, you know, is just as important as what we were being told. And I think that's what kept people hooked on for the next one and the next one. And what I found myself, and I know kind of sidetracking here, but what I found when I was watching The Hobbits was it felt like it was moving at breakneck speed, like the whole way through all three of them. So it never really got this comfortable epic arc. You know, whereas now in this new Avengers, you know, making them lose in this one is really bringing the story arc to a really high emotional level, mm -hmm. you know, that when they come back with this third one, I'm sure the payoff is going to be, it's going to be super badass, you know. You, um, you, you, you hope so. The, the thing is, is that um, <clears throat> there is this uh, Newtonian element you have to consider when it comes to this and just like um, just like the westerns you know there is a plateau and then there's a you know they descend you know uh, and you gotta wonder how far away are we from the, I mean don't get me wrong I love that I got to live through the golden age comic book movies you know and see them all come out but I'm wondering you know are they not maybe losing some steam I'm hoping that they're able to push it through with these uh with these Avengers movies and do what they're looking to accomplish because if nothing else, 
you know, their protagonist or agent, and they definitely have to figure out what they're going to do with those roles, you know, and how they're going to continue to keep up that pace of movies that they've been putting out, you know. But, um... Well, I have a question for you, Ivan, because mm -hmm. um, you know much more about comic book things and storylines than I do, but I'm always just fascinated <clears throat> by the, the built-up mythologies around it and things like that. Um, let me just start by saying, I think it would be interesting is maybe if, they, if Marvel was going to keep making these kinds of movies in the next ten years, the question I have to you is, like, do most superheroes... I mean, their identity seems to become like a brand or a mask or something. Something that is um, mutable to another person. You know, like Batman talks about, like, he wishes that someone else could become Batman. Oh, yeah. So he didn't have to be Batman, you know, and things of the like, you know. Um, what if in the future... or Do they have enough story for in the future if they started to kill off the actors that we love or that we know as these characters, that they could still bring them back. I mean, like how they've been doing with the Spider-Man, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, you guys. Oh, okay. Was, um, from what I understand, is like, the first big three guys that were supposed to, like, they had like the solo movies, was like Thor, uh, Iron Man, and Captain America, and they were supposed to be like, three originals, even though there's like Black Widow, Hulk, and like Hawkeye in there. So my understanding is like, Eventually, because contract eventually had to end, like, even Chris Evans said, like, I have one more movie to do. This is after Infinity War. So I'm assuming he's, he's going to die at some point. That's what I thought was going to happen in Infinity War, that, like, more... Avengers heroes. 4 is his last Captain America. Yeah. But, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, is there... Is, does someone other than Steve Rogers ever become Captain America? Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. Bucky and then uh, Falcon. Both of those characters uh, yeah, are already they, in the movies. Yeah. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Like, I do know, like, was it Civil War where Bucky did that? Or was it, like, after? Yeah, like, but because in the, in the comic books of Civil War, Captain America is assassinated, actually. and Bucky becomes... And then after that, uh, Captain America is resurrected, and subsequently becomes Captain America again. Uh, there's another storyline where he becomes... Uh, his his super soldier deteriorates. <laughs> That's funny, because... an old man, and yeah. then Falcon becomes Captain America. How you said that Captain America can come back? Just came back. Yeah, I thought that, that happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's convenient for like if uh, you know, no offense, if like Chris Evans can't make any other movies, they're like, you know what, just yeah, just, <laughs> just, just come nobody's back. Nobody's gonna complain if you come in cameo. Like everybody's gonna be screaming at the top of the. And that's the thing is that he has. How is he back? That's, yeah, that's Jake. Nobody's gonna nobody nobody's gonna ask. They're just gonna be glad he did because if that happens, if they do pull a move like that, they'll have made a movie so bad that he. Has has to save it with the cameo. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know? I mean that to me is if you if you're saying that that the the superhero movie as a genre is is going out, or or rather it's plateauing. That to me is the future of it. It's like they start killing off all the people that yeah. you know. Um, I think because the the Infinity Gauntlet is is a, is basically like introducing a pencil into a pencil drawing as a character. It can erase. It can write. It can create out of nothing, you know? So there's there's unlimited potential to what they can write into it with good writing because of that, you know, that uh, what is basically a, you know, a, 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 like a, what do they call that? Well, a, I want to ask you. Um, I want to ask you something. Do you, do you think, 
Like, I, I had it suggested to me that, that Thanos wiping out the universe was going to be um, a two-sided coin where they were going to, A, like, get rid of some contracts and, B, open up the multiverse, you know, type stuff. Well, that's, so, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's I've, I've said, if they were going to recast, like, see, what I think, this is my theory, it might be completely wrong, they're going to recast all these people that are getting old mm-hmm. and put new young people because there was, there's a, the, the popular theory now is, when he snaps his fingers at the end of the movie, um, okay, hold on a second. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Right? I mean, I mean, back it up, back yeah. it up and yeah, a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. go we'll go. go. But spoiler, spoiler alert. All right, but we we said it, so I don't you know don't cry. Go but, to uh, go to the movies. Yeah, yeah, go to the movies or go to <laughs> your local. Yeah, right, theater. right. Support your local Support theater your local. and buy at the concession stand. Don't sneak your wife's purse in with a subway sandwich and a two liter bottle of. Pop, that's know, that's like, that's true. The local theaters don't make any money off of the ticket sales. Yeah, they make yeah the concessions. Okay, so uh, so yeah. so if he he eliminates he eliminates half of the cast, right? Mm-hmm. That's well documented. Fun, funny enough, the people that don't get eliminated are all the people that are coming to the end of the contract. They're still there, and then they're saying that in the end credit scene, there's a, a, a there's a, a point where like they get like a page and they're saying, "Oh well, this this is happening uh, when and the point it happened earlier in the movie." There's like three hours between that point in the movie when everybody gets erased, and then in the after credit scene, they it reaches that point in the movie, and then they're immediately erased after that, saying that they what we're probably looking at was an alternate timeline, an alternate dimension, and the way the solution being that they combine where like half the heroes stay in one and half the heroes stay in the other, and they're on different. And they bring them together to save you or something like that. And when they do that, the the second my my theory is the second world's Captain America won't be Chris Evans. It'll be whatever the new actor is. Well, that, that's that's a cool idea because then I mean that that opens for me as a screenwriter looking at that 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 to me says that I could start making movies with these characters in one universe. And market that as saying this is a Marvel story that happens in, you know, whatever this universe is called, you know. And then I could also write this other story in another universe, and it could come out like in the same year. DC Comics is doing that with their comic books, and it's a mess. No, that's the the second Flashpoint thing. Right? No, there's there's so much is happening. Like DC is and. Well, the the in the end game the end game has to be to bring the two 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 universes together. That has to be the end game. If I was a screenwriter, I couldn't begin to, to to even take on that huge of a task if I didn't know that at some point, if I made one, two, and then three is where they all combine, yeah. I got to know how three ends before I even start. And if there's never any intention of bringing them together, mm. it would just be a mess because, like... How- well, the DC, you can tell... And these the way DC Comics does it now after convergence, you can tell a Superman story, and that Superman story can exist in a totally different reality than the other Superman story that's being told by a different artist and writer. And they don't they they're not on the same they they're not the same Superman. It's a different universe entirely, and that happens all the time. Well, I think I think that almost happened with the the. Derivative is not a good word, but the standalone Wolverine movies. Yeah, I feel like without clever screenwriting in the 
like one would come out and it would seem like a standalone movie and then they would put some some nice writing into the next one and there'd be a few things like tidbits in the background or few bits of dialogue and whatnot that would just casually link it yeah to the other one you know but there was a very strong chance that had that not been written well enough mm-hmm. that those could have also seemed like a marvel type thing my point being is that like people accepted them yeah but um the later X-Men movies are kind of like, you know, hit, it, for most people they're hit and miss. I, I, they're alright. I just think, um, I'm glad that they gave it a, sh- a good shot. You know what I mean? I'm happy for that much. Like, I'm not going to say, you know, there's movies that I didn't like, but I'm glad that they got made. You know? Uh, that being said, uh, I think we're going to start to wrap things up here uh, today. Uh, boy, we sure did promise on that extra time promise today. Uh, that before we go though, we do want to touch a little bit on what's going on. Uh, the uh, the we my buddies here at Bam Entertainment are going to be recording with us at Comic Palooza. Uh, now, the sat Friday we'll be there at at noon at twelve thirty at twelve twelve thirty well, on Friday. Get, get get there get there at noon. Yeah, get we'll get there if you can get there early. I recommend you do. Uh, we are hosting the only actual like toy discussion panel this year. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, and, uh, the, the subject being, you know, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about, uh, vintage versus new and, you know, what drives the collector to collect among other things. If you got any cool toys, you know, bring them out yeah. and we'll, we'll talk to you about them. Sure. Yeah. And the other thing is Saturday we'll be doing a live podcast. That'll be at, uh, that will be at noon flat. And, uh, after that we'll be, uh, roaming around. Uh, talking to people at the con, uh, looking for the best, the biggest, the baddest, the craziest, the weirdest, and just the groovy, you know, if we can get it. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that Rad Toy Collector logo. will definitely be out there. Uh, come up and say hello to those folks. We definitely want to see you. And that being said, gentlemen, you got anything for the uh, audience before we go? Uh, I'm super excited to go to Confluza. Hope to see everybody there. I doubt you guys know what I look like. But I'm, I'm just happy to like just be there and get the film like everyone cosplay. That's La- one of my favorite things. Ladies, if you want to meet Ivan, come and talk to me. I will point him right at you, yes. and you can become friends. Yes, absolutely. Right. Get very well acquainted. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, Maybe I, after I'm done working. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, I just, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, thank you to Tony for letting us be on, you know, the Rad Toy podcast and. Um, you know, come out Friday and Saturday, Comic Palooza, and just hang out with us, and we'll, you know, we'll have a good time when, uh, be on the show. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, and this is Tony the Rad Toy Collector saying, uh, keep it nerdy, keep it happening, and do what you love. We'll see you next time, folks. Record button, gotta hit it, baby! <laughs> <laughs> so-